Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the man that never leaves a grocery store without a baguette. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good, Cortland. I actually can't really find good baguettes here. Dude, I was going to ask, how's the bread situation in Australia? Uh, bad. Not baguette? Baguette? (laughs) Bad, bad get. So all you have is like Wonder Bread and that's it? Yep, pretty much. Just uh, Vegemite rolls and Wonder Bread. That's not a thing, is it? Vegemite rolls? Oh, it is definitely. Damn, that's gross. (sighs) <sighs> um, just today I was like, hey, honey, I want to try making my own bread. I know that was like a, a hobby back at the beginning of quarantine, but I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Better late than never, you know? I mean, you can just do it whenever. I'm, I'm going to make the bread, Brandon. I'm going to make that dough. And I'm gonna what bake kind it. of bread? Dude, just I'm basic. Bread bread? I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to get too fa- like too Not going to start out with a sourdough? No, I can't do sourdough. I'd have to start the sourdough starter and all that nonsense. No, I'm going to go with a white sandwich bread because I'm basic. Okay, make sure you <laughs> pump it full of sugar and preservatives. Oh, I have to, right? Like, who doesn't want a sugary slice of bread? And then pump in some Vegemite. No, I don't think I can find Vegemite. I've never seen it in stores before. We don't have an Australian section, Brandon. Good, you guys are doing good over there, keeping it away. <laughs> <laughs> I could order it on Amazon, I feel. But I'm not going to, because not only do you hate it, but I remember you let me smell it one time, because Becca sent you some over, and I was like, oh, God. Nope. Yeah, it's gross. Oh, man, Brandon. So, another week in the bag. How was your week? Yeah. Whew. Another one down. Yes. And uh, it was a big one. Are you lying to me? Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it, Brandon. Yeah. One day I'll have done something in a week, but not it's this not one. Not this one. No way. I had a really, really long week today. I mean, oh. it, it was like one of those weeks that just dragged on forever, and you're like, when the hell? Is it going to be Friday? Then Friday finally came. I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons again with some people, so that's what I get to. Look oh, that sounds to. like a drag, dude. Like, I mean, when you have Dungeons and Dragons waiting for you at the end of a Friday after a long work week, like that is that is the shit. So, if you haven't played Dungeons and Dragons, this is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast now. <laughs> All right, because there's not enough of those. <laughs> is there a lot of Dungeons and Dragons podcasts? Oh, dude, yeah, there are. What do they do? Like, are are you just listening to like a live game? Yeah, usually. I mean, sometimes oh, they okay. edit it. Like, they'll edit out the roles and make it a little bit more um... immersive. Yeah, yeah, they make it. A You're bit more in immersive. the adventure. You are part of the game, and then somebody takes off their pants and they giggle about it, and I'm like, ooh, nope. Do they do like uh like Blues Clues where they like <laughs> what? Hey. Where's the no. goblin? And then there's like a five second pause. I mean, you're uh, right. <laughs> I hope somebody does one like that. Capitalize on that market, right? <laughs> All those kids growing up with Blues Clues, they they need a podcast like that to enjoy, and it could be yours. Yeah, TV doesn't ask us the audience enough questions anymore. No, I feel stupid now because I have to like sit there and guess on my own and I don't have enough time. I'm like, stop talking to each other. Ask <laughs> me what's going on because I know. You know, I think some people listen to podcasts to be included like that. But ours is just us bitching to each other like old trifling bitches. Yeah. We're crazy. What do you think, guys? They agree we're <laughs> trifling bitches. <laughs> Good one, everyone. <laughs> oh, man, Brandon. So... Not that I want to get into Tales from the Crypt already, but I feel like we have to because the segment has lasted too long. Yeah. <laughs> well, this week, Brandon, we watched a little something-something called The Sacrifice from Tales from the Crypt, Season 2, Episode 7. What did you think? 
Um, not a big fan of this one. Not a big fan. Okay. No, I didn't hate it, but well, it's not like you did. <laughs> uh, I didn't hate it, but I'd say I didn't like it. Okay, that's like, is it like your least favorite episode that we've watched so far? I don't know about that. I'd have to, I'd have to think about that. But I was just like, man, it's another one of these. I feel like it's pretty basic, though. It is very basic, but it's. I mean, this is delving into spoilers a little bit here, but. Spoiler. It's just another women are bad story. Yeah, I mean, that is a big spoiler, but yeah, you're right. Um, I'm kind of sensing this misogynistic theme that uh, Tales from the Crypt is presenting to us that I don't think I saw in Are You Afraid That Arca Goosebumps? <laughs> yeah, like hmm. the Midnight Society, a nice, diverse group of kids telling stories <laughs> and Goosebumps, you know, R.L. Stein, God bless him, <laughs> isn't filling all of his stories <laughs> with racism and misogyny, but this Crypt Keeper fella, I don't know about him. I don't know his politics, but based on the stories that he likes to tell us, maybe something going on there. Yes, indeed. It's interesting. Um, I gotta say, this is a kind of an, I don't, for me at least anyway, like an all-star cast going on here. And um, I, I will spoil something as well. I never thought that I would see the dad from Smart House shirtless before. Hmm. But now I have. Yeah. I didn't see the smart house dad banging before, but... Yeah, it's happened. We get to now, and... I didn't I didn't know that was on my bucket list, but I guess I'm checking it off. I mean, I don't... Yeah, that's don't a W to. for this episode. <laughs> we also have uh, somebody who I last saw in a movie about exploding heads. <laughs> we have the bad guy from Scanners is in this episode, too. Yes, and the I was great like, Michael Ironside. Yeah, Sam like, Fisher yeah. himself. Oh, dude, is he the voice of Sam Fisher? He is. I love him. Sam Fisher and Michael Ironside. Yeah, he's also the bad guy in the uh, famous Jet Jackson movie. Very interesting. He plays a bad guy really well. I was worried if I stared into his soul too long, he would blow my head off. And I was like, oh boy, I better stop. I gotta look away. Thankfully, yeah. I survived, and now I can record a podcast. And then we have, you know, Kim Delaney. <laughs> Somebody, I don't know. The sacrifices, Kim Delaney. Yes, um, <laughs> I don't know, Brandon. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was the worst. I kind of liked uh, the music of the episode, and sure, um, I liked the birds. <laughs> I thought they would have a more important <laughs> role in this episode, but uh, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I thought. Maybe some things would come back to to haunt the characters, but no. Well, like, the description is an insurance salesman murders an obnoxious tycoon to get his seductive wife and his fortune, but later is blackmailed by a rival. I forgot the uh, by the rival part, so I thought that the birds were going to blackmail him somehow. Be like, hey, birds can be rivals. I mean, I did watch the Mighty Ducks. Do they have a rival that's a bird? I don't know. They are the rival of somebody, so I win, right? That's how it works. You're right. My yes, deductive reasoning is unquestionable. You're never wrong, Cortland. Ah, yeah. Well, you know what? Enough talk about this. What did we think? Nonsense. Let's just <laughs> dive into the episode. Splash your All feet right. in the pools of the sacrifice. From the top. Our episode starts up with the voice of the Crypt Keeper talking about Eye of Newt, Bladder of Cobra, and Whisker of a Rat. Sounds like he's making some witch's brew or some sort of nonsense, Brandon. And... Spoilers, that has absolutely nothing to do with the episode. What is he doing? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really sure. He's he's cooking something. You know, when we had the Midnight Society, if there was an episode about moving into a new place, Kiki would be like, oh, I love moving. You know, moving's the best thing in the whole world. 
we got the Crypt Keeper with his podcast equipment out for like an anniversary episode. He's cooking up some shit for a blackmail episode. I don't know what his deal is. He just kind of <laughs> does whatever he wants. Yeah, like you could come up with something to tie it together to just be like, oh, I'm cooking some shit. And now I've got a story cooking for you or something. He doesn't do that. though. He doesn't do that. <laughs> He's literally just cooking. He's just cooking us, well, not even us, some stuff. No. For himself? Does he even eat? I don't I don't know. But the camera pans over a little, and we see our best buddy in a little chef hat, and he's all, Oh, hi, kitties. I was just wrestling up a sickening snack for a ghastly guest. Let's see. I need the blood of a sacrificed goat. And he looks over, and we see a live goat chilling there eating some grass or something, and he says, Whoops, it's got to be a virgin goat. Guess you're off the hook, Nelly. Then he grabs his book of tales saying, tonight's story is about a different kind of sacrifice. Okay, I guess that, right. that's right, the all connection. That <laughs> yeah, they, they have this elaborate plot of him cooking food to make a uh-huh. sacrifice. I apologize, Crypt Keeper. Sorry, you Crypt clearly Keeper had this all planned out. <laughs> a sacrifice made for love, and he laughs with an echoey effect to it. The picture for this one is pretty plain. It's a dude falling off a skyscraper of sorts, and there's two hands that look to have pushed him. Oh my goodness. Yeah, for the first time, they spoil, like, the nine-minute mark instead of, like, the 20-minute mark. So, hmm. Yeah, still a little bit of mystery left. There is a lot to this episode where it just kind of panders around. We get a lot of shots of California, because this tale starts up, and we just see some shots of California. California. Oh, that's our wizard episode. Businesses, there's lots of traffic on the roads. It goes through a really long time, all while playing this kind of, like, I don't know, big city style music. I don't know how yeah, to Groovy it. saxophone. Oh, when you put a saxophone easy on listen. a track. Whew. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like uh, what you would hear in, like, a typical New York detective kind of vibe. I don't know. I like it. We see some palm yeah. trees, and it's got a really heavy focus on cars driving around. We eventually stop at a hotel or something. And it's actually a penthouse apartment. I'm just dumb. And a guy gets out of his convertible and, and someone parks it for him. It's the dad from Smart House, you guys. Yeah, Smart House dad. I did not. You know, the funny thing about it, this was made in 1990. So it's probably filmed in like 1988 or 1989. He looks exactly the same as when he appeared in Smart House. Like his hair is the same. His body's the same. Nothing has changed. This man may be immortal. I'm not sure. <laughs> I haven't looked at him lately, but I'm assuming that he looks exactly the same. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he is just forever 25 or whatever, how old he is in this episode. I don't know. He walks into the building and goes to the elevator and he presses a button when up walks a woman. So he puts his bag in front of the doors before they close and it opens back up for her so that she can get on the elevator. She walks in, and they stand in awkward silence for a few moments before he asks what her neighbor is like. And she wonders why. And he says, oh, just wondering, you punched PH2 and I punched PH1, so I figured you must be the neighbor for Mr. Sebastian Fielding. She turns her head back to him and says, oh, and I suppose you're a salesman. He says, yes, ma'am, that's how I make my living, selling things. I can sell damn near anything to damn near anyone. The woman seems to get visibly annoyed by him, and the elevator door opens up. He leaves... And she presses another button as some as some chunky guy greets him. I was like, what the fuck did I put here? <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. He's checking her out the whole time. He's interested. Oh, man, this episode. If you're bored now, just wait a few seconds, folks. 
This new guy, Mr. Sebastian Felding. Fielding? Felding? Whatever. Fielding. He's so glad that he could come, and he's not sure how a man could be expected to do business in this whore's dream. This guy goes right into it. Yeah. Our main character here. Yeah, I, I like, I think out of all the characters, he's my favorite, Mr. Fielding. Um, I don't know if that's, I mean, it's a, a pretty shit cast. I'll be f- quite frank with you there. Um, <laughs> he just has the most, Um, he, he just kind of goes a little bit further. He's a cartoon else. character. Yeah, like he's not great, <laughs> which we'll find out here in a minute. But he uh, he just acts a little bit more over the top than everybody else. Everybody else in this episode is pretty serious. Yeah. Our main character, whose name's James, by the way, gets called Jim all the time. And I forgot that Jim is like the short version of James because that's weird to me. He steps into the penthouse apartment saying, it's very um, impressive. Sebastian says it isn't a supposed to impress. It's supposed to awe. Are you awed, Mr. Reed? James stops for a second and says, no. So Sebastian turns around and, and we see he has a plain Nike shirt on Brandon. It's very product placement. Yeah. Buy Nike, everybody. But he says, good, because I sure don't want to do business with a man who's going to get all slack-jawed over some paint, plaster, and a few sticks of furniture. You know, there's only been two things that's ever awed me. Money and pussy. James thinks those attract each other and smiles, then drops a smile for a second, and Sebastian turns his face. Then they walk over to the balcony, and he asks James to take a look and see. James is all, oh, well, let me see here. There's a little sliver of the ocean. And Sebastian points, saying, nah, further over to the right. James is like, oh, it's L.A., which is Los Angeles. Yes, <laughs> the place they are. Sebastian tells them, wrong. It's money and bullshit capital of the Western world. I didn't know that L.A. was that. No, they don't put it on their signs. Weird. Like, you got Florida, which is like orange country or whatever. You got the Big Apple, and then you got the... Money and bullshit capital of the Western world. I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> the two cut back inside and James asks if he owns this penthouse. Well, he does. Mr. Fielding owns it. Also, penthouse number two, which if you remember, is where the woman clicked to go. He bought them both because he doesn't like noisy neighbors. Now he opens the door to another section of his penthouse that is full of macaws. <laughs> or... Is that the right word for them? Are they macaws? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think they're macaws, so that's what they are now. And he takes one out, and it just says, Honey and Wussy! <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. I audibly groaned at that. Yeah, it's really, um, what's the word? It's stupid. It's dumb. <laughs> yes, very. <laughs> James sums up Sebastian's worth at $9 million, and Sebastian agrees. I can't remember how they got to that, but whatever. Then we cut over to them sitting around a table, and Sebastian is smoking a cigarette and asks James if he wonders how he got his name. Where are my notes going here? I'm confused just reading these, and I just watched this episode <laughs> like yesterday. Oh, well. James does, so Sebastian tells him he got it from old Jerry Jasper, president of your company. Oh, he asks him how like he wanted james specifically to come here to sell him insurance because that is Uh, what we are doing (laughs) yes that that's what's going on my apologies everyone i forgot because it's very like unimportant has nothing to do with the plot doesn't yeah like it does but it doesn't and it's just so dumb to me like doesn't make any sense i have uh that reminds me i have a really 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 huge issue with this episode that i will get to at the end um but anyway so james is there because Sebastian Fielding is friends with his boss, and he asked his boss, who is the 
I don't know, the tip of the pyramid of this MLM scheme of selling insurance. Um, mm-hmm. And he sent James over. So that's why he's there. They served on some board together. And when he decided to change insurance companies, he asked Jerry to send him the smartest and slickest salesman in L.A. And he sent James. James is flattered. And Sebastian says, the only thing is, James didn't tell me how good you were at negotiating. James is all, aw, shit, kickback time, huh? Like, what is going on? Do you Do you negotiate insurance? Is that a thing? I guess I better start. I mean, look, my <laughs> my company offers me life insurance, and I say, yes, thank you. I appreciate this. Oh, you should have negotiated. I should have kicked back, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would like it, and also a little bit of something-something on the side. What could that be? I don't understand it. Insurance just baffles me. I hate it. Sebastian tells him, dude, if I wanted to buy insurance retail, I would have just picked up the phone and done it myself. What would I need you for? Good question. James sighs, asking how much. Sebastian wants 30% of his commission. So James stands up saying, why, Mr. Fielding? Because you don't have enough money? And he gestures around his penthouse. Man, he's a good salesman. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... Look, he could sell anything to anyone. Yeah, all he has to do is he could sell his thirty percent commission for free. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand it. I don't know if this is a thing that still exists or if this is like a '90s, you know, treasure moment. I don't know, but I could just be wrong. You know, like I could just be being stupid right now. Everybody that listens into the show is going to be like, "Cortland, you're an idiot." This is yeah. Everybody listening right now (laughs) is nodding their heads, like, "Yeah, of course." Yeah, yes, Mr. Sebastian Fielding is doing it correctly, and I'm just an idiot. Who knows? Sebastian asks if James is smartass into him, and then says he never pays the asking price for anything, which is why he lives there and you live where Marino del Yuck. James says that he'll give him 20%, but that's not good enough. And Sebastian says, if I don't get 30%, then I'm going to just buy from another company. So do it then. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Great salesman, again. James thinks about that for, I don't know, like five seconds, and then shakes his hand saying that he'll have the doctor make an appointment with him. Because I guess he's got to get a physical. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that'll come up. I feel like I just talked a whole bunch of bullshit, you guys. Like, all that hey, was... it's the bullshit capital of the Western world, Oh my world, god, man. You're right. Okay, it makes all sense now. It just feels... That, that whole conversation felt so pointless, and yet it, like, tries so hard to be important. I don't know. It's just dumb. Let's get into the meat and potatoes here. In walks the girl from the elevator, asking, What's all the hubba? What doctor? Sebastian tells her, Daw, nothing to fret about. This is Mr. Jim Reed. At the at this point, oh, I put in my notes here. At this point, I forgot Jim is short for James. So I was like, yes. huh? What's going on? <laughs> James locks eyes with the woman, whose name is Gloria, and some romantic music starts playing. So you just know that there's going to be something between them. Sebastian talks about how he just got a whole mess of insurance from him and old Jerry Jasper's company. He asks if Gloria remembers Jerry, to which she says, I remember that I detest him. That's not going to come up again. No. She walks over and Sebastian puts his arm around her, saying, for some reason, your boss just pisses the hell out of her royally. Gloria goes to shake James's hand and saying that she's Mrs. Fielding and they shake. She smiles, asking if he wants a cognac, and James says that he is just leaving. Sebastian asks if they have their deal, and James says, yeah, we got the deal. Gloria, everybody's asking questions here. Gloria asks if James lives in L.A. And he says, yeah, at the marina. So she wants to know if she has a nice family over there, if it's a nice townhouse or something. And he laughs saying, no, I ain't married. Also, I live on a boat. (laughs) 
I live in the garbage. <laughs> Gloria asks what the boat's name is. Like, literally, everybody's asking questions. And he says it's the Why Not and giggles a little. She thinks that name is wonderful and tussles Sebastian's hair, asking if he thinks it's wonderful. Sebastian is typing away at a 1990s computer, and he looks up saying, oh yeah, I thought it was real cute the first time I heard it. Two or three hundred boats ago. <laughs> Damn! Yeah. Eat shit, James. Your boat is stupid. Sebastian calls it like he sees it. I guess so. He's seen so many boats, Brandon. I mean, that's more boats than I've seen. I'll give him that. Whatever. You know what? This warps us over to a new day where Gloria is power walking her way down the pier. And she knocks on the window of the why not. She calls out, hello, anybody home? And James steps up from the stairs, just starting to put his shirt on. And we see that dad bod from Smart House. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. He says, well, Mrs. Fielding, hello. I expected you to stop around (laughs) yesterday or the day before. She's all, OMG, was I that obvious? James giggles, saying, well, you're not the first wife to come crawling after their husband makes a big change to their insurance coverage. Usually, they're curious about the beneficiary. Gloria asks if he ever tells them. And James stares at her, saying, only if they're nice to me. Gloria steps inside, saying, oh, I can be nice. I can be very, very nice. They stare at each other for a few more seconds, and we warp to the bedroom where the dad from Smart House starts smooching and having sex with Kim Delaney. Something I never yeah. thought I'd ever see. No, and uh, this scene's pretty meh. Gotta say, I know, right? It's very like I don't, I don't know if a if a PG rated sex scene is a thing. But look, that's he's about to be at Smart is. House in ten years. Okay, <laughs> he's got to keep it clean. They're like, uh, hey, Smart House dad, can you like? <laughs> Spice it up a bit, and he's like, oh, no, I gotta keep my image clean for Disney. The only thing I'll do is lick her back crack. (laughs) Her actual back. Not her butt crack. Her back crack. That's all we get. Let's face this over to some cuddles afterwards, and Gloria asks why he lives on a boat. James says that he likes the idea of being able to sail away on a minute's notice. One phone call and a leasing company is going to pick up the car. Another phone call and the job's over. As far as friends go, well, for a good salesman, they're as easy to come by as a new job. He starts smooching Gloria some more as she wonders aloud why it feels like he's trying to sell her something. He pauses for a second and then tells her that the doctor report from her husband's physical says that he's going to live to be 104. Barring... Dot, dot, dot. And Gloria's all, barring what? An accident? Is that what you're trying to sell me? An accident? James is all, well, I mean, accidents happen. People even help them happen. Gloria laughs a little, saying, no, 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 no. I couldn't possibly bring myself to do something like that. He tells her she wouldn't have to do anything like that. Gloria lays back down, saying she doesn't understand. And why would he even offer? So the dad from Smart House tells her it's because she's exactly what he wants. And he's always wanted. And they smooch some more. What? Like, what does he want? Just That back crack, girl. Is the only thing he wants just some hot chick? Mm. He's known her for about 45 seconds at this point. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she's an attractive woman, but Mm -hmm. it's L.A., man. It's the attractive woman capital of the Western world. Yes, that's what Mr. Sebastian Fielding has told us over and over again. What does this woman offer him? Um, Other than, I don't know. A back uh, crack? I don't know. (laughs) We've all got back cracks, Cortland. That's true. Maybe this is the first one he's ever seen. 
I mean, it is a dad from Smart House, after all. Yeah, I mean, maybe Katie Seagal's character doesn't have a back crack because she's just digital. Ooh, do you want to know a spoiler, Brandon? What? We might find out next week. What? What? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. More on that later. Okay. We cut to James riding in his convertible over to Sebastian's penthouse. And we get this fun little aerial shot of this because, like, Sebastian just loves his balcony. And he's looking down on James's car. And it is an absolute perfect rectangle of a car. (laughs) (laughs) It's 1990. I couldn't get over the fact. It is literally, like, you see this in, like, elementary school math books. It's a perfect rectangle. And I'm just like, damn. There are boxes on wheels. This is the most 1990s convertible I've ever seen. We hear the doorbell ring and one of the macaws says, Hello! And Gloria walks over saying, Mr. Reed is here. Sebastian walks up and shakes his hand, asking if he brought everything. Sebastian looks at Gloria, saying, They thought they would make a little celebration out of this and have a glass or two of champagne out on the balcony, watching the lights come on. And why would anybody ever agree to have a celebration for signing insurance documents that is the most boring shit i've ever heard yeah that's all i have to say about that that's stupid fucking dumb you're right james hands at sebastian an envelope of money saying that's all of it i take it it's a 30 percent commission it's just like a envelope full of 20s and 50s and stuff sebastian smiles saying oh i'm sure it's just like finding money in the street Sebastian puts that money in the street in a drawer, and James says that he'll start laying out all the paperwork, and then Sebastian heads out to the balcony saying that this view is gorgeous. James is now looking out this little window, because Gloria is outside on the balcony as well, and like he kind of makes eye contact with her a couple of times, like, you know, silently agreeing to do something or another. Yeah, can't imagine what they're scheming to do. Probably nothing. Sebastian goes on and on about how he loves this view and loves the sparkling lights. And <laughs> Boy, I sure do love this view and I sure do love living. Life is beautiful, you guys. If I could just take a moment and talk about all of my life. What Sebastian doesn't notice, though, Brandon, is that the music is getting intense and sinister. Okay, that means something bad's about to happen. Yeah, he should have listened. He, he was too busy talking. James walks up behind him and lifts him up and over the balcony. Sebastian struggles to hold on to James in the balcony, but after a moment of struggle, he is pushed off, and he screams as we watch him fall to the ground. The camera zooms into the concrete at the bottom that he lands on, and he's sprawled out on there. We look at his body, and one of his shoes are off, and if I've learned anything from the internet, Brandon, if you are in, like, a death situation and your shoe's off, you are definitely dead, so. Oh, yeah, for sure. Some dude runs over to look, and then looks up at the balcony. Gloria looks over at James saying, Now I call the cops and try to sound just a little hysterical. James wipes his hands out of his suit and he looks at them because they're stained with murder now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Inside, the macaws call out, Hello! And we look and see that Gloria is sitting on the couch, sniffing and wiping her nose as two detectives are questioning her. One walks up saying, So he hadn't lost consciousness? She says, No. He must have known what was happening. I can still hear him screaming all the way down. Then the detective asks if she knew her husband agreed to take out a $10 million term life insurance policy with her as the sole beneficiary. Gloria's all, he did? (laughs) What? I never. (laughs) The detective is like, actually, he didn't. And Gloria's confused saying, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. I thought you just said. And the detective cuts her off saying, no, I said he agreed to take it out, but he hadn't yet signed the papers. 
So Gloria licks her lips a little and gives a sad little, oh, well, I guess that's too bad, isn't it? But he meant well. Poor Sebastian. He was such a kind and generous man. She sniffs some more and the detectives see themselves out because I guess they're done here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the scene, by the way, is just cut with James looking on from another room. I'm not sure if he's like hiding there or if, if he just like wasn't important <laughs> enough to question. It doesn't I, make any yeah, sense. I think he's hiding and I think <laughs> the police are very bad at their jobs. Yeah, it's They're really like dumb. The least aware cops. He's he's not hiding very well, and he's, he's hiding in like a window, like at them. <laughs> he can and see that. Cops are like, him. "Hey, who's that guy? Who's that guy in the place where Sebastian was murdered?" Yeah, why does it look like he was in a scuffle a moment ago? What is going on? Hmm. <laughs> why is he covered in murder juice? <laughs> he's sweating profusely. What's going on? He's got Sebastian's shoe print on his suit. <laughs> no, they just are like, yeah, you got a James. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> we we noticed the paperwork. We know it's there. We know that somebody was here to sign it, but hmm, we're just not going to question him. Makes no sense. Whatever. Once the detectives leave, he immediately walks out and Kim sighs. <laughs> And laughs, saying they're already calling it death by misadventure. And it's like, girl, the, the cops aren't even out of your bounds. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, they haven't even closed the door and they're like, "Woo, that was so easy killing that guy and getting away with it. <laughs> it's so stupid. So death by misadventure, Brandon, that's their way of saying that he fell off the balcony. James sighs and then gets excited saying, if your husband had signed those papers, that would have given them a motive. Gloria agrees. Oh, cops love money motives, especially complicated ones that are easy to pull apart. Well, if they're complicated, then they're not easy to pull apart there, is it, Gloria? What the fuck are you saying? Yeah, what the hell? James tells her, but pushing a guy off the balcony, and who's to say he didn't fall or jump? Gloria pours herself another drink, saying, it was just all so simple. James tells her, no, it wasn't just simple, but perfect. He laughs and drinks her drink as she asks now what he says they can't see each other for a while like a few weeks and then he'll drop over and see if she needs any insurance advice a romance slowly blossoms they go out to dinner in a movie or two six months from now they become engaged and then they're married and they forget all about him james looks into her eyes saying i love you i love everything about you then they start smooching and gloria takes off her coat as the music gets kind of steamy they lay down on the couch and smooch a whole bunch when suddenly the doorbell goes off and they're all like, fuck. Yeah, interrupted another, uh, you know, boring sex scene. Too bad. Darn it. We were about to get Kim Delaney back crack again and now it's ruined. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your neighbor that lives on a boat. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything that we've got. We're just so thankful for you spending some time with us. Our Patreon has gotten quite a lot of updates recently, and we hope you check it out. That's patreon.com slash private island. We have plenty of content that's uploaded multiple times a week, like plot point bonus episodes on Mondays, early release main episodes once I've finished the editing, behind the scenes videos, bloopers, and so much more. Take a look and see what we have to offer, and hopefully you'll become a patron with us. 
I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, The Beths, Venice Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, and Rad Magical, The Goths, Stephen, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, Brittany, Rachel, Sid, Preston, and Corey, The Citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Ryan, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Faith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith, and The Ya Boys and Girls, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. I've been sharpening my video editing skills with loads of videos for Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. So check them out and give us a follow. You can find us on Instagram at Up All Night Podcast, on Twitter at UAN Pod, on TikTok at Private Island Presents, and on YouTube at Up All Night HA Podcast. We go live pretty regularly too, so you can find us on Instagram on Wednesday nights at about 7.30 p.m. Eastern watching full-length episodes of the shows that we cover. We also take requests on episodes of other shows to watch. I also go live on Twitch pretty regularly too. That's twitch.tv slash private island C. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme dating start from Undertale, composed by Topa Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again for listening to the show. We hope you continue to enjoy all the updates that we've got planned for the show. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode, and I will talk with you next week. Bye, everybody. (laughs) They race to put their clothes back on, and James balls up his tie and puts it in his pocket before opening up the door. At the door is Mr. Jasper, James's boss. And he says, James, invite your boss in. So he does, even though it's not his penthouse, and in he walks. Jerry here takes no time saying, man, Sebastian sure knew how to live, didn't he? How's Gloria doing? James says, oh, she's taking it pretty hard, but he's managing things temporarily for her. Jerry walks further into the penthouse, asking James to tell her he's here, and if there's anything that he can do for her, but he'll be on his way soon because grief often likes to be left alone or something. James turns around asking if this story already hit the news. Jerry says, nah, I don't think so. Of course, you're probably wondering who told me. Well, the police did. They came around to see me and talk about you. After I was over the shock, I praised you to the skies. No wonder your ears aren't still burning. Okay. They left as happy as cops can be. So apparently they were interested in James at least a little bit because they but allegedly... But not that much. They weren't interested enough in actually talking to him while he was in the room, but they were talking to his boss for sure. Again, allegedly. Now Gloria walks over from the other room and sees Jerry and gets pissed, yelling, What the fuck are you doing here, Jerry? Jerry turns around saying Sebastian was one of his oldest friends and he thought he'd drop by to see if there's anything he can do. Gloria's all, Oh, there sure is. You can get the hell out of my house and out of my life. I'm such a good actor. Jerry doesn't do either of those, though. He walks closer to James and Gloria, saying, You see, James, Gloria and I used to be friends. You can understand why I wouldn't let her go. Gloria, at this point, demands that Jerry be thrown out of here before he does what he always does, poison everything. Jerry goes on about how he was absolutely obsessed with Gloria. And I'm just kind of like, dude, this is really the time for this. He apparently still is obsessed with Gloria, too, Brandon. In fact... I mean, it's Kim Delaney. (laughs) I, you know what? A null and point. Every, every, I got it. <laughs> the thing about it, though, Brandon, is when Sebastian moved into this, he rented a little condo right across the street just to get a glimpse of her every now and then. Also, <laughs> he timed her coming and goings, <laughs> neglected his business. He even bought this long lens camera and spent a whole bunch of time on the balcony just to catch her on film. James's smile fades as he realizes what he's going to say. And Jerry looks up saying, 
That was, uh, that was a dumb thing for a grown man to do, don't you think? Just this evening, I was out there on my balcony and I saw her, so I took a couple of shots. Then Sebastian came out, which is not how it happened, and he leaned out over the balcony. God, did that man love his views. I took a couple of shots of that for old time's sake. And then you came out, James. That's right. He grabbed old Sebastian by the britches, threw him over the balcony just as thick as I got a couple of good pictures of that, too. Whoa. Yeah. His story, um... Gloria's already out on the balcony, so, like, he has a story wrong. Whatever. Gloria runs to attack him, saying that she wants to see him, but James grabs her and puts a stop to that. Jerry walks away and turns around, saying, I bet you would. Gloria yells at James to do something, goddammit, and he's all, shut up, Gloria. <laughs> shut up, Gloria. Shut your fucking mouth. Shut up, okay? <laughs> so it has nothing to do with you. Jerry goes on saying that he'd have come sooner, but he had to talk to the police and get the film developed. Two sets of prints, one for you and one for my lawyer. James throws up his hand saying, okay, so what's your price? Jerry tells him, not money. I got enough of that. I want to share her. James is all, share what? And Jerry looks over <laughs> at Gloria saying, share Gloria. Gloria laughs saying, he's sick. He's always been sick. James asks what share means exactly. So Jerry tells him he wants Gloria from dusk till dawn and you can have her the rest of the time. James runs up saying that he can go fuck <sighs> himself. They're going to co-parent. That's really nice. <laughs> They're Well, it's, it's like co- um being there for somebody whose husband just died you know it's it's sweet <laughs> they're just a couple of sweeties <laughs> <laughs> sure 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 jerry pulls out an envelope so james snatches that shit and opens it up to see some great shots of him committing murder <laughs> they are really good really clear <laughs> and from really good angles yeah right he um he, he's a great photographer not as good as devlin though i have to say Maybe. We didn't see any of Devlin's pictures, actually, now that I'm thinking about oh. it. We just have to assume that he's good. I mean, he did make a living off of it. What, yeah, whatever. Gloria asks when, and James, who's massaging her shoulder, says, yeah, we want to know when. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, James, for your input. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so Jerry thinks about that for a second, and then says he thinks the sharing should start up this evening. And there's really no reason to waste any time. We look at Gloria, who looks pissed. And then the scene just fades away. <laughs> yeah. And that's that. She's like, well, shucks. Well, the guess end. I gotta. <laughs> we take a look at the city of Los Angeles again. And then we fade into Sebastian's penthouse, which, now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably Gloria's penthouse. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's James's penthouse now. <laughs> Apparently. He just lives there. We We hear this voiceover talk about stuff that we heard from this episode like eight minutes ago. It's yeah. really pointless. This is cut with flashbacks from the episode, which is very unnecessary, but I guess yeah, it's, it's like the whole episode over again. I feel like what it's trying to do is like show us that James is kind of dipping into depression. Maybe. I don't know. We kind of see him struggle with the fact that he murdered a man, I guess, and he drinks some alcohol to cope. Suddenly the door opens up and in walks Gloria and her hair is all teased up and she looks super tired. She collapses in James's arms, and James asks what he can do, and Gloria looks a hot mess, saying the same thing you've done for the past three months. Nothing. She doesn't say it maliciously, though. She's just kind of like, you can't do anything, sorry. James asks if it was worse than usual tonight, and Gloria tells him that Jerry's thought up a new wrinkle. Two in the morning, they drove to a supermarket, and he made her go in to hire some street people to watch them have sex. 
Those people were so dirty and filthy. They saw my back crack. <laughs> no, I only saved that for the important people. <laughs> she starts crying on his shoulder and James says that he just can't let this go on. But Gloria stopped him saying, no, we have to let this go on. Otherwise, he'll take those pictures to the police and you and I will die in jail. James thinks there's just got to be a way out of this. But Gloria shakes her head saying, there's no way. I'll never let it go. We fade now and we see Gloria opening up the door to a dark room saying, Jim? And she turns on some lights and takes off her coat calling for her darling again. But he isn't there. Gloria warps over to the pier and runs down the dock to James's boat. The why not? She walks down inside it saying, oh my god, Jim? And we see Jim sleeping in his bed. Aww. And she tries to slap him awake, asking what the hell he did. His mouth is all open and his eyes are kind of open too. Gloria looks over at a pill bottle for Nembutal. And I googled that. My first result was a suicide prevention hotline number. So I guess that was just... Well, you're on a list now. I know. I thought that when I googled it. I was like, shit. I'm going to get a call being like, um, are you okay? <laughs> you good, bro? I did see, though, that it treats anxiety and insomnia, apparently. Gloria asks James how many he took, and he kind of weakly responds with 48. Damn. He don't half-ass it. No. He's like, um, I just swallowed the whole fucking bottle. Then tells her to read this. It'll set her free. In his hands is a note, so Gloria takes it and opens it up. In James's voice, we read this note, which says, I, James Reed, hereby confess on my deathbed that with malice aforethought, I murdered Sebastian Fielding by pushing him from his balcony. Actually, the note says Jonathan Fielding in there. It doesn't say Sebastian. So I think that was a oops. But he does say in his voice, Sebastian Fielding. I further swear that Miss Gloria Fielding had nothing to do with her husband's death and that furthermore, and the note stops. I don't know if you caught that or not. I didn't. Yeah, I was like, wait a second, that's not Sebastian. So I don't know if Jonathan was like the original name in the script or something, and they changed it to be a little bit more ritzy, you know? It's a good catch. I'm going to put that on the goofs on IMDb right now. Look, I wouldn't be surprised if it's already on the goofs. Gloria checks James's pulse for a second and then grabs a lighter. And she lights that note on fire and says, Thank you, my poor dumb darling. She closes James's eyes and walks out of there. She opens up a car door and hops in, and Jerry's there driving. And he asks, did he? And Gloria says, he did indeed. Jerry asks what he used. So she tells him 48 Nembutals with a little chuckle. Jerry asks if there was a confession note. Gloria, who's putting on some lipstick, says, yup. A long and incriminating one. I burned it, of course. Jerry looks in the distance, saying, now no one will ever know that Sebastian was murdered. Gloria leans over to him, saying, yeah, thanks to your brilliant planning. Jerry's all, yeah, and your brilliant acting. Gloria lays her head on his shoulders and they drive away. And we see another scene of Sebastian's penthouse and we look at those macaws one last time. And they say, hello, Tim, and help me, Gloria. And that fades us out of our tale. Brandon. Yes. Actually, let me finish up with the Crypt Keeper and then I'll talk about what sure. I here. Back with Crypty, we see he's got a noose hanging, and he gets up and puts that noose around his neck, saying, Excuse me, kitties, be with you in a moment. And then he falls off of his little stool and starts gurgling as he hangs from the noose. <laughs> he's like... <laughs> <laughs> he's enjoying himself, apparently. Then he says, so this is suicide. Ah, somehow I thought it'd have more punch. Oh well, at least Jim's big finish had a bright side. 
I hate to see a guy throw his life away without some dame getting a laugh out of it. So remember, if your ladies' evenings are all booked up, do what I do. And he takes a pair of scissors and cuts the noose, dropping to the floor with a cartoonish gun bouncing off the surface sound. It's very weird. And he finishes saying, drop her. And that's the end of the episode. All this, right. This episode, Brand, this elaborate plot that took months of planning and like mm-hmm. hoping that things would turn out the way they wanted. What's the point? What's the point of all this? I thought the same thing. I don't understand why they needed James at all. The thing about it, I don't understand the motive here because Gloria likes Jerry. So yep. why didn't she just be with Jerry? Jerry is rich. Like their money is not a factor in this episode at all. Like Sebastian has a bunch of money and that was kind of like part of the motive of getting that clean getaway from him. Why didn't she just not be with Sebastian in the first place and just be with Jerry? I don't know. I don't know why she didn't just go with Jerry. Like the money wasn't really a factor because she wasn't going to get the money anyway. He didn't sign the papers and, and it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, and having James be like the fall guy doesn't really work when I don't think that they were looking at James anyway. No. Like, yeah, the cops came around and were like, hey, did James kill him? Okay, no. See ya. They weren't looking for him, and it seemed like they really were just like, all right, this is a misadventure. Yeah. You know, now that (laughs) I actually, like, now that I'm thinking about it even more, none of this makes sense because in the first place. So they didn't need a fall guy. And even then, like, his confession would be something that they would want i think but they just burned it so now there's just another dead guy like his death doesn't help them in any way if anything it hurts them so gloria should have just went with jerry in the first place that would have eliminated sebastian from the picture anyway Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have mattered if he would have died they didn't need james at all because like let's say they had to kill sebastian okay he killed sebastian all right bye james we're out like what are you gonna do confess and ruin both of your lives i don't think so once they kill james they do need that confession note because now there's that other dead body there that is going to be linked back to gloria because he was always at gloria's penthouse like everyone that gloria is attached to dies by apparent suicide makes no sense it's an absolutely stupid episode now that i'm thinking about it anymore (laughs) it doesn't make any sense at all yeah the writers fumbled this one for sure They were just like, you know what? The details don't matter as long as women are bad. (laughs) I mean, look, on the surface, I will say, I think that him not signing the the inheritance or the beneficiary note, like, I get it. Okay, on the surface, yeah, that's a good plan. But if you even unravel it a little bit, you'll realize how fucking stupid everything is. Yeah. What do you think the moral of the story is, Brandon? I think it's don't buy life insurance. (laughs) You'll die. Uh, stay away from L.A. There's too much bullshit there. Oh, I've heard it's the bullshit capital of the Western world. I, I don't know. Own macaws. <laughs> One of the things I got to say, I thought that this episode, like the blackmailing would be done by the birds, right? Like they see it happen. They hear him scream like, James, get your hands off of me. I'm on this balcony, you know, and then the, the macaw would have said that while the police were there. It'd be like one of those silly, goofy 1990s mix ups. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <laughs> They were both loudly like, oh my goodness, we killed that man, and it was so easy. I'm so tired after all of that murder I just committed. The birds could have just been like, so easy to get away with murder. Nah, they they were underutilized. And the police would have been like, hey. Wait a tick. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think that get this bird on the bench. <laughs> see, that would have been awesome. Instead, we got this. Let me see more of the story. Uh, live on a boat. <laughs> that was very underutilized as well. I have to say. Why not? I hate you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, alternate episode title. So. I have to say, the sacrifice is a a name for this one. Um, I feel like everything gets sacrificed in this episode. You got Sebastian getting sacrificed, James getting sacrificed. Yeah. I think The Fall would have been a good episode title, though. Yeah, that would. Crypt Keepers Cooking? Oh, man. Had nothing to do with anything. How about Just Do It with a little Nike symbol? Ooh, yeah. That's perfect, Brandon. Just do it. Was that Nike's, like, slogan for a while there? Yeah. Perfect. By Nike, the episode. <laughs> all right, Brandon, we got some people on IMDb. You want to meet them, even though we already talked about pretty much all of them? <laughs> yes. I'm only going to talk about four characters. Let's start with Kim Delaney, who played Gloria. Now, Brandon, do you? I talked about Kim Delaney a lot. I've said her name more than pretty much anybody else's. Do you know of Kim Delaney? No. <laughs> oh, really? She's just a woman, like, random person to you? I mean, the name sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't think i've seen anything she was in that's fair um i know her because i watched army wives with my wife and she was in 104 episodes of that she played one of the main characters and i liked her in that that show that's a lot of episodes it was really funny so kim delaney like during the the filming of that she um ended up having like a drinking problem or something so she was kind of kicked off the show and the way they dealt with that is they just killed her character it was she she died like off screen and I was just like, Oh She died on the way terrible. to her home planet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was like, Oh, well that's dumb. I don't like it when shows like do that kind of shit. She went up the stairs and she was never heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> she was also apparently in hundred and thirty seven episodes of NYPD Blue. She was, yeah. And thirty six episodes. Seems like that of was a, a very popular show back in the day. Nineteen ninety five to two thousand three. I've never seen NYPD Blue. No. Um, Kim, Kim Delaney, she started her career in 1983 with First Affair. She played Kathy in that TV movie that I'm sure everybody's seen. Um, what else has she been in here? Um, those are kind of like her highlights. I think we could probably move on. Yeah. She was most recently in Chicago Fire from uh, last year. She also was in General Hospital. Still killing it. Yeah. Good job, Kim Delaney. Next up is Kevin Kilner. And Brandon, I'm looking at his IMDb profile. This is the dad from Smart House. He has aged a bit. His IMDb profile is him with a glass of wine on a beach, and he looks a little older. Still looks like the same, I'm, but... I'm looking lighter. at him, and yes, he looks a little bit older, but I'd say he still looks good, and he could lick any bat crack he wants. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yep. Funny enough, one of the pictures on this profile is uh, Katie Skull because Katie Skull was also in uh, Smart House there. Let's see what this man has been in. Uh, let me scroll down here. I have to scroll down a lot more than I was expecting. My goodness. Started things off at the Cosby Show. <laughs> he was in one episode back in 1989. Ooh. Yeah. Never really watched the Cosby Show. Don't have any interest in watching it. He was in Murder, She Wrote for two episodes. Home Alone 3. He was in Home Alone 3, Brandon. See the dad in that? Maybe. I've seen that movie, and I do not remember him in it. Well, as we said, he's the dad in Smart House, because we covered that on Patreon. If you want to take a listen to our thoughts on that one. God, he's been in so many things. He was in Ugly Betty, um, Dollhouse, Greek, keep scrolling here, Elementary, he was in Bull, 
a lot of episodes. He was in like one or two episodes of a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Last played in East New York, um, an episode from this year. So yeah, he's still still working it. Probably being a dad in all of those because he is just a dad. That's what yeah, he is. he's very good at dadding. I don't know if he's an actual dad. I didn't look before I closed it. But next up, we have Mr. Uh, Sebastian Fielding, played by the late Don Hood, who passed away in 2003. Don Hood, I feel like that's somebody that I would know, but I can't say that I do. So let's look at his IMDb profile here. He started things off in 1975 with Dead Man on the Run. There's another TV movie I'm sure everybody's seen. He was in MASH. No, I'm sorry. He was in After MASH. Oh, forget it then. (laughs) I'm trying to look for something I know of. I feel like I know this man. He was in Full House. He was in two episodes of Full House. Oh, then we've definitely seen him because we've seen every episode of Full House. Yes, that is absolutely true. Ooh, he was in Ed Wood. I love that movie. When did that movie come out? 94? Yes. That's the movie about the guy who made um, something from Plan 9 or whatever, right? Plan 9 from Outer Space, and yeah. that's my favorite Tim Burton movie. <laughs> I didn't realize that Ed Wood was so old. You know, I didn't know, realize it was in 1994. I thought it was something that came out in like the 2000s. I haven't seen that movie, but I thought your favorite was Big Fish, Brandon. Are you, what, are you, what is this? What is this not, nonsense? Big Fish is a fantastic movie, but Ed Wood is a masterpiece. All right, fair enough. Uh, his last role was in 2003, the year of his death. Runaway Juror. Working all the way to the end. Yeah, I hope not to do that. Next, we have Michael Ironside. Who played Jerry. Gotta say, I really like Michael Ironside. He is um, just like Bad Guy from last episode. I feel like he plays a villain really, really well. Yeah. He's just got he's that got a like, great voice. He does. Yeah. He's got that that like face of like somebody that wants to kill me by probably <laughs> blowing my head up with his mind. Just like he did in Scanners. Yeah. He could if he wanted to. Thankfully, he doesn't. <laughs> what a great guy. I have to scroll quite a ways of... Quite a long ways to get to the bottom of his IMDb profile, but he started things out in 1974 with the Ottawa Valley, which he was uncredited for. In 1981, though, he was in Scanners, where he played the villain that blew people's brains up. It was great. Um, let's see, what else was he in here? Oh, he was in Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, directed by Ron Oliver. That's getting a lot nice. of uh, buzz lately. I think it's uh, something that we should take a look at sometime. All right. Highlander 2, The Quickening, Night Trap. I wonder if that's the Sega Saturn game. Remember that? Uh. I'm- Yes, I do. <laughs> or was it Sega CD? It might have been Sega CD. Oh, yeah, it's CD. You're right. Okay, okay. Um, I just accidentally spoiled something. He's in two episodes of Tales from the Crypt, so we get to see him again soon. Good. If I spoil it, you have to get spoiled, too. He does a lot of voice work. He played Darkseid um, in Superman. I don't know anything about Superman. I assume it's a villain. That sounds like a villainous name to me. Yes. He's in a lot of stuff. He is in so many things. A lot of villain voices. He does play the voice of um, Sam Fisher, the main character. From Splinter Cell. He's the bad guy from Total Recall. That's all you need to know. That's that's it, yeah. Last thing he was in was Blackberry. He played Purdy in 2023. And, and like his voice for Darkseid, he's been the voice for that for a very long time. Because even in 2023, he's still the voice of him. So yeah, he, he does lots of shit. But you know what, Brandon? That's fucking, that's it. That's the sacrifice. Whew. Wow. Now, we're done. We're finally finished with that. Um, do you want to find out what's next? Yes. Okay. What kind of trifling hoes do we have in the next episode? Brandon, the next episode is called For Crying Out Loud. Okay. Here's the description. A greedy rock promoter tries to steal the money raised at a benefit concert when his conscience intervenes. 
interesting cast we have for this one, Brandon. If you do not mind me spoiling some things here, even though I, I technically already did once, but yeah, go for it. We have Katie Seagal in this episode. Absolutely, hell Katie yeah, Seagal. I cannot wait to see her. We have Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop is in this episode, Brandon. Interesting. Sam Kinison. That name is wow, very familiar. That's weird. Stand-up comedian yells a lot. Ah, okay, okay. And we also have Lee Ehrenberg, who who always plays grumpy people. In fact, he plays Grumpy, the one of the seven dwarves in Once Upon a Time. He also yells a lot. Okay. Ooh, he's in RoboCop three. Spoilers. Okay, I gotta get out of here. Oh yeah, I was gonna say Sam Kinison. He's he's passed away. I, I, I yes. take a look. I remember him now. Was he on SNL? Uh, not as a cast member. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I do. He looks like he yells a lot. <laughs> in fact his imd picture his imd picture is him yelling yeah that was kind of his thing okay well i can't wait for it i hope to get lots of yelling hopefully katie seagal makes a a big impact on this this episode because i i absolutely love her she's one of my faves so i'm looking forward to for crying out loud brandon all right but that's next week for now, we can wash our hands of the sacrifice. We never have to talk about it again until next week when I say something relevant to it when <laughs> I introduce you. <laughs> but that's all I got, Brandon. I've been up all night. I will uh, let you go to sleep. We're done's here. All right. See you next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. I remember that I detest him.